Hello and welcome to It's a Wrap, Simon and Wayne's Spiffing Movie Review Podcast. Hello, I'm Simon Jones. And I'm Wayne Bolt. Yes, a slight introduction to who we are. I am a writer and filmmaker. You might have seen some of my work on websites like fxhome.com or Potential Gamer. Um, if you've come here from there, then hello. Thanks for following me around the internet like a strange stalker. And you may have found me on the internet in my guise of a podcast producer of Squadron Leader Jack Steel and the Starblade, an internationally round podcast. Yes, series one of which is available on iTunes. And series two will be available later this year. We both like watching films. We, do. we both like talking. Yes, and that's why we're here to tell you about the films we watch. Starting this week with the Harry Potter series. What we're going to do is have a quick look at the first <laughs> I'm speaking in parcel tongue there yes. for you Harry Potter fans yeah, yeah. any uh, of you in Slytherin will presumably know exactly what Wayne just said what he was trying to say I'll translate into English for you was we'll take a quick look at the first five films uh, and a little retrospective on what we thought of those so you know where we're coming from for the last one then we'll have a quick break and talk about some movie news which is exciting us yes. and then we'll give our review of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Half Prince. Prince so Simon Yes, well, Harry but, Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. What do you um, think of it? All right, introduced the world quite nicely, but doesn't really hold up to repeated viewings. Chamber of Secrets. Uh, so, yeah, didn't really like that one. It kind of meandered a little bit. Didn't feel very polished. Now I know you've not read the books, no, um, but certainly the films reflect the books quite well in that essence. Mm-hmm. In so far as they're very much just the beginning to the whole thing, and it's not until we come on to book number three, or yes. film number three, The Prisoner of Azkaban, that things really start moving. Yes, Prisoner of Azkaban was the first one where I thought, actually that's a genuinely good film, kind of irrespective of the Harry Potter fun, because the first two were fun, they just weren't great films, but Prisoner of Azkaban, new director, and really got a sense of style and you know, proper direction from it, and you felt like uh, the series was going somewhere and it had a real Daniel Radcliffe felt like a movie star at that point I think it's when he went from being some little cute kid to actually holding his own on screen it's certainly for me the first of the Harry Potter books where the story really takes over and is an enjoyable read and likewise an enjoyable watch of the films the film itself I found very good Mm -hmm. I liked it very much it reminded me a lot of some of the old uh, British children's television films they used to make back in the 70s and 80s so for me it was a, a good old a good old retrospective look at children's film drama. Excellent. Wicked. So yes, number four, Goblet of Fire. This was the first of the books which went huge. Mm-hmm. And I think that sort of reflects in the film. In It's the first time it starts to jump around from plot to plot without really telling the full story. But I really do like the ending of Goblet of Fire. I think the way that Harry brings back Cedric Diggory's body um, after, um, uh, what's his face, Voldemort, butchers him in a Avada Kedavra kind of way and just the way Celebration turns into utter dismay it's brilliant yeah. I really like the ending of that film it's, it's incredibly horrible and surprisingly unpleasant for what is essentially a kid's film hmm. and you do feel a, a real sense of loss and the, the kind of pointless nature of Cedric's death is is really moving hmm. and then there we swiftly move on to The Order of the Phoenix in which Imelda Staunton plays the horrible Dolores Umbridge. <clears throat> this again was a book where it was there's a lot of padding in it with various bits and pieces which don't really help the story. A lot of the teenagey angsty stuff starts coming in there, and the film good, but 
jumps from plot to plot to plot without really telling the story too yeah. too well. I feel uh, the film slightly missed some of the more important plot points, like the uh, the destiny orb things, which I'm sure Harry Potter fans have a proper name for them. Um, but as a film watcher who hasn't read the books, I didn't really understand their full significance until a reader of the book explained them to me. Uh, one thing I did like about that one, though, was it was actually related to real-world issues, like propaganda and censorship and uh, freedom of speech and all that kind of stuff. And that was great, because the other films don't always link into real-world affairs. Mm. So yes, that's our views on the first So overall, five. first five, yeah, not bad. So ups and downs, Prisoner of Band for me, definitely the best of the bunch. Mm-hmm. Yes. So now we're going to take a quick look at some of this week's movie news, and then we'll come back to tell you what we think of The Half-Blood Prince. So exciting for me, Sam Raimi is to direct the uh, new Warcraft movie. Yes, yes. This is a, uh, the feature film adaptation of the Warcraft computer games, which is mostly known for the World of Warcraft game, which the kind of mainstream press love because they get to talk about a load of really geeky people that sit in their rooms all day and just play computer games and the mainstream press love to highlight that whenever they can have you ever played world of warcraft yes yeah i played it for about a year and a half i think uh thoroughly enjoyed it first few months were great when the world felt completely expansive Mm. and amazing then you realize it's actually just the same old stuff repeated again and again and it kind of loses its luster a bit what level did you get to uh, I think I got to 46. Oh, I got to level 40 before I got bored mm, and then yeah. retired it. I it, just... it was definitely the 40s that did it for yeah. me. It's like a midlife crisis yeah. of kind of MMOGs. Yep. I'll tell you what I'm looking forward to in the film, though. Resource hunting, mining, fishing. Yep, yep, definitely. That'd be great. Also, I hope there's going to be a whole sequence where the hero is having real trouble fitting everything into his bags. And he's thinking, if only I'd bought another bag, that'd have been great. Mm. It's a Comic-Con this weekend. It is. Uh, in San Diego, where normally there's a lot of interesting stuff comes out of it. Yes, in the lots film, of very television exciting world. geeky things. Mm. Of course, and it, we're recording this podcast right at the start of Comic-Con, so we don't have anything to talk about. But we are quite excited about a few things that are already kind of raising their heads, such as Tron 2. Or is it Tron 2.0? Um, maybe. When they first announced it, they seemed a bit confused because they, they, they did that thing, you know, with 7, mm. when the film 7 came out, the logo replaced the V with the number 7, which kind of worked in that logo. Uh, they tried to do that with Tron 2 by replacing the O with a 2. So it was Tratuan. Mm. It doesn't really work because then it doesn't have any vowels. I hope they've realised that. Because yeah, that's, that's just, how they get it sorted. Maybe yeah. they could talk, call it Tron++. Plus plus. Yes. I don't know. Yes, could that work. sounds good. Could work. Yes. That sounds good. Um... I was looking on the internet today uh, and was very interested to see the trailer for the Alice in Wonderland film coming out next mm. year. A new Tim Burton offering starring yes. the usual Tim Burton suspects. Yeah, and possibly the best match of Tim Burton to source material in a long time. Mm. So let's hope that's good. Also, looking forward to the fact that it's quite a strong English cast in it with the brilliant Alan Rickman, the equally brilliant Stephen Fry, also the very brilliant evil bad guy Christopher Lee, and the not so brilliant Matt Lucas. Yes. Although he was quite good in Crod Mandoon and the Flaming Sword of Destiny or something. Yeah, that is, that is a very good, very good TV series. If yes. you've not seen it, uh, it's, it's worth trying to hunt it out. Yes. There's a, I, I find with it, you have to watch a lot of it to get a little bit of humour out of it. What we're talking about TV shows, we're a movie review podcast, yes. goddamn. Yes. Anything else you're interested in? I know you were talking What's about else? the equally exciting uh, follow-up to 2010. Yes, yes, 2012 by Roland I Like to Destroy Everything Emmerich. 2012 looks like a really cheap 
disaster movie in the in the kind of tradition of Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus, except it's someone accidentally gave it a really big budget. Does it have Hal in it? And the Black Obelisks? I'm looking forward to them. Hopefully. Well, if they are in it, they'll be destroyed. Mm. Yes. But yeah, um, the third in the 2001 series, and this one sees the complete end of everything. Um and yeah, it seems a bit like it's Ronan Emmerich going back through his back catalogue and thinking, well, I destroyed the White House, but not really happy with the way it came out, so this time I'm going to destroy it with a giant wave and a ship. And uh, and he's not happy about destroying a city, so this time he's going to destroy a continent. And uh, yeah, it's just every form of destruction you could possibly have. It's every disaster movie ever made put into one. Brilliant. Yes, looks awesome. Uh, anything else have you seen? Um, only other thing I'm interested in, which isn't that geeky, but it's the new Master and Commander film, which is rumoured because Russell Crowe said something about it. And that got me quite excited because I really liked the first one. Russell Crowe was a guest commentator on The Ashes last week. Was he? Yeah. 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 Well, he's Australian, I suppose. Although he was born in New Zealand. He's a good friend of Shane Warne, who was there to watch the Australians get beat. Ah, uh, yes. By England. Indeed. At Lords for Did- the first time since 1934, 1935. Brilliant. Yeah. Did he then go and have a fight? It might have done, but that wasn't on the television. Ah. Uh. It should have been. It would have been quite good. Yeah, it would have been quite good. He could have been giving Freddie Flint off a good stumping. Yes, so to speak. Mm. Um, only other thing is Ninja Assassin, which uh, the trailer of which has just come out, and it kind of does exactly what it says on the front cover, really. Uh, ninjas and assassins, and ninja assassins assassinating people in ninja ways. With swords and other ninja-like weaponry. Yes, and it's made by the Matrix people, and it's written by... J. Michael Straczynski, who some people of a certain age might remember, wrote Babylon 5 in the 90s, and also wrote Changeling, Clint Eastwood's recent film. And the real Ghostbusters. Yes, and He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. What a guy! So people of a certain age were basically formed by this guy's writing. So yes, Ninja Assassin could be fun. Let's hope it is. Yes. Right, now let's quickly move on to the main feature of today's podcast. The Moment of Truth. Hmm, I thought it was a Harry Potter film. Yes. Not the moment of truth. Uh, well, it's the moment of truth as to what we think about it. Oh, I thought the moment of truth was a new film. No. no. Harry Potter and the moment of truth. That does sound like a Harry Potter film. Mm. Anyway, let's quickly move yes. on to it. Harry Potter and half a pound at... No, Harry Potter and the half-blood prince. Yep. Yep. Which, presumably, is just a really anemic guy. You know, had a terrible accident. Yeah. Bled out a lot. Yeah, a lot, but not all of it. No, no, only half. Yeah. Anyway, yes. this part of the podcast may contain a big spoiler. Yes. So if you don't want to know that Dumbledore dies at the end of the film, don't listen. Don't anymore. listen anymore. Right. So yes, little summary of what happens in this one. Um, Dumbledore dies. Yes. Um, and the rest of the film leads up to Dumbledore dying. Yeah. The whole film is about Dumbledore dying. Yeah. But when you get to the Dumbledore dying scene, <laughs> it it's a bit of a letdown. Yeah. Anyway, just a, a quick recap as to what happens in the film Harry Potter goes back to Hogwarts he, surprisingly yeah surprisingly uh, he encounters a new potions master called Professor Slughorn unlikely name do slugs have horns they've got little antler things don't little they? things yeah, yeah little things. but I mean you know why would someone have a surname like that because surnames originally were due to your job weren't they why, why would somebody have a name like Dumbledore um, well he sort of dumbles about a bit doesn't he Really? What, yeah. into doors? Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, somewhere in this family's past, there was uh, they had problems walking well, and no, no, quite I mean, often dumbled into doors. Yeah, well, I think that's doing them a disservice. I mean, I think, you know, it's a very important job to dumble a door. Because, mm. you know, the other people would, you know, cut it out of the wood and stuff, and then he'd dumble it, and there you go, you got so a door. what is dumbling? Um, you ever dumbled? 
Yeah, well, it's what Dumbledore does, isn't it? I thought Dumbledore. So yes, Dumbledore <laughs> dies, but leading up to that, there's lots of stuff with them being at school and falling in love with each other, and how he finds a book which is full of spells and tells him all this kind of naughty stuff he's not supposed to know and the book has a little bit written at the start saying this was the property of the Half-Blood Prince. The Half-Blood Prince being Professor Snape yes. who was the previous potion teacher but has now moved on to be with Defense Against, Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher. Yes, indeed. Um, in, in essence, it's a the, the, the film... Doesn't really know what it is, no, this and this is, is why I think we're having a bit of trouble describing it. Yeah, because it's quite from hard my to point of view, ha- having read the book, uh, I know what's going on in the film um, because you watch the film and you go, "That's that bit from the book. That's that bit from the book." But it just doesn't really tell a complete story. Someone, I know you haven't read the Harry Potter books. How did you feel on watching it? Yeah, it felt uh, quite confused. The first three quarters of it I really enjoyed because it was the most cohesive part of it it was the kids being at school discovering feelings for each other and it's all all kind of like Carry all on. kind of sorry Wayne just did this strange gesture at me I think he's trying to be professional and give me some kind of timing but you know it confuses the mind of me so yes uh, kids being at school and it's all very kind of like teen angst and that kind of stuff but it works and you know they do it really nicely then uh they all of a sudden remember them more and it all gets a bit serious and it feels very last minute like they suddenly remembered crap we've got to get this whole plot in hurry up quick uh, go yeah, and we're finished yeah uh, that's pretty much how it happens it's not a, it's not a well told story uh, this is something I think about the whole of the Harry Potter series it is a good story it's just not told particularly well mm. yeah you can always tell that there's this really interesting plot and there's tons of brilliant ideas sort of littered all through it which don't quite come together properly because in this one there's there's essentially three I guess three main plots going on there's the kind of kids at school having romance plot there's Draco Malfoy playing with the wardrobe plot and there's Dumbledore being a bit mysterious and getting Harry to investigate this Horcrux stuff that's cropping up everywhere um, uh, the Horcrux is a really good idea yes uh, um, being able to split your soul into six, seven or so bits um, I don't want to give too much away because it's actually all quite exciting as to what happens in the next couple of films and I know you've not read it so mm-hmm. they discovered that yourself but one of the things with the film is it doesn't really link it doesn't really tell the story of the Horcruxes that well and I know you've only got like two and a bit hours to tell the story but there, there's certain things you really need to get across and maybe maybe in the next two films that they might fill in that bit of the story later but you never know but I think that with the position in the series this film's in it's it's in a very awkward uh, point it has to set up the finale but, uh, but it doesn't really have its own finale it's sort of just like it's, yeah. it, it's rather bad foreplay before some good sex exactly yes um, I got a couple of comments off the FX Home forums that cover this kind of topic as well um a guy called Pookie, probably not his real name, he said, it's like trying to make The Lord of the Rings in one movie. You're going to end up with a bare-bones story and end up skipping all the details that make the series so unique, which I think probably hits the nail on the head, really. You've got the really crucial plot points that they're hitting them one after the other, but all the details, all the stuff that makes it memorable isn't there, so it just feels like a plot summary, really, told in a very expensive way. Hmm. Yeah, so we're coming near to the end of this our first podcast so just uh, 
just just to review for from my point of view uh, with the film, I thought Jim Broadbent was excellent as Professor yes. Slughorn. Yeah, uh, I thought the film was very dark and atmospheric, and that was very good. I think it emotionally hit the spot right, especially at the end where Dumbledore died. There were people in the cinema who were crying crying at the sadness of it all crying crying with yes. tears into yes. hankies or into popcorn I can't remember not me because I knew what was going to happen yeah and you're a hard man I am a hard man yes especially at certain points of that film mm-hmm. with Hermione yes but moving on swiftly on that <laughs> she is old enough in the films now it's okay yes, it's yes. okay you're not in it's trouble right. anymore are you no not after no. that last time no no yeah. we don't talk about that though no 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 it's because of the legal issues yeah um, yeah I mean I agree really um entertaining and he has a Harry Potter film so if you like Harry Potter you're going to go and see it and you're going to like it generally but have lots of problems with it and if you're not a Harry Potter film then you're not going to go and see it no not a Harry Potter fan you, you, if you're say, Harry, you said if you're a Harry Potter film really yeah right well if you're a Harry Potter film then then lucky you yeah yeah. you make <laughs> loads of money <laughs> yeah brilliant brilliant good on you okay so that's it for this week um, as you can probably hear there are birds twittering outside and talking to Twittering. Yeah. If you want to get in contact with us, that was very clever. It was. That I did that. Yeah. If you want to get in contact with us, there's a number of ways you can find our Twitter account, which is Spiffing Review, or you can email us our the email address of Simon and Wayne at SpiffingReview.com. And we've also got our blog, which is just SpiffingReview.com. So hopefully you've enjoyed listening to us waffle on a little bit. Um, if you haven't, then sorry for wasting your time. I hope you've been doing something else whilst listening to this yes but you know if you didn't enjoy it and you listened all the way to here then you're a bit of an idiot really yeah so idiots yes <laughs> well uh we'll we'll speak to you next time goodbye yes bye